I always had the scarcity mindset, meaning that I always felt like I wasn't worth it. Like I wasn't worth like spending more money on myself. I wasn't worth investing myself. I wasn't worth like owning more and living a better life. You're listening to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast with award-winning digital strategist, author, speaker, and personal branding expert, Francine Bellaghi. Francine is on a mission to help purpose-driven entrepreneurs to position themselves as an authority in their industry, attract their ideal clients, and impact millions of people globally. Looking to redefine the life you want to live and your best life now? Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. The place to be to hear inspirational stories of thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and Francine herself with practical strategies to get more meaning in your work and in your life. Make the money you deserve and lead a movement to change the world. Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. I am your host, Francine Belley. We are continuing the season seven of the show where we are focusing on uncovering the money mindset and habits that prevents us from achieving what we want in life and how we can create new empowering habits. Well, today I'm really excited to have on the show Cherry Tong. She's a wealth coach and she helps people to build wealth beyond their nine to five with multiple income streams. So she herself has a full-time job with a consistent five-figure month coaching business and 16 income streams. Yes, you've heard well, 16 income streams. Hi, Sherry. Welcome to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast. Hey, Francine. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm glad to have you, Sherry. So tell us in your own words what you currently do. Yeah, so I am a 9 to 5 employee with 16 streams of income. Some of these income streams include rent income, capital gains from the stock market, affiliate marketing, YouTube ad revenue, coaching, just to name a few. So I have been juggling multiple streams of income for the past six years already, been juggling my business and work at the same time. And I am really excited to be sharing my experience and my journey with you. That's awesome. So what would you say is your purpose on this earth? Yeah, of course. Um, so this story goes back to my upbringing and college. So when I was growing up, my parents always taught me to be frugal, to save money. And um, I always had the scarcity mindset, meaning that I always felt like I wasn't worth it. Like I wasn't worth like spending more money on myself. I wasn't worth investing myself. I wasn't worth like owning more and living a better life. And um, fast forward to college. When I was in college, I actually um, was in a sexual assault situation and I felt like my life was just so out of control. And so coming out of that situation, I really wanted to take control of my own life. And the easiest way for me to do that is through controlling, controlling my finances, because in that way, I'll be able to make sure that even if bad things were to happen to me, I have the financial means to hire a, a therapist, get medical help, make sure that I'm legally protected. And I also know like a lot of women, they are forced to be in really unfortunate situations like domestic abuse, toxic relationships, because they are financially dependent on their spouse or partner. So um, that, that is like the main, I guess, reason, the main meaning of why I care so much about financial well-being and um, just financial 
health in general because I really believe in, you know, regaining that control of our lives and um, starting from money because money is the foundation to a lot of things. Mm, I love that. I love uh, the fact that actually, you know, based on the circumstances that happened to you, actually, you know, you are talking about money because this is why I love talking asking people this question because you really understand what drive people because people just thinking think that oh well this person just loves money but they don't really understand what is behind that what you are trying to achieve by taking control of your financial uh you know situation yeah so that's that's really awesome actually and i didn't i didn't know that at all about uh, what mm-hmm. i've searched from you what i've yeah. seen i haven't mm-hmm. seen that part so that's really awesome to 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 get the background of your story and uh, really lay that down really beautifully so tell me uh sherry um what is one thing that people don't know about you yet because i know that you share things on youtube and on instagram mm-hmm. but is there something that people don't know about you One thing that people might not know yet is that I'm also planning an online course behind the scenes, which helps corporate employees build their own online coaching businesses. And this is something that I just started during COVID and I was able to hit my first 10K month after 19 days of launching my program officially. So I want to be able to teach a skill to other corporate employees so they are able to also be financially independent of their job and be work optional, like they don't have to quit their job if they don't want to, but they have the choice to. Oh, I got that. I get that. So now tell me, how on earth did you get the time with your nine to five job to yeah. get to not one or two or three streams of income, but to try to really build 16 streams of income? Tell us your secrets. There is so much to it, um, like time management, prioritization, but I think the core of it is just having a really strong why, because that would be your driving force. Um, for me, my strong why is to regain control in my life. Um, at that time when I was raped in college, I felt like I was out of control. I felt like there was nothing that I could control. I can't even control my own body. But being able to control my own finances and being able to create wealth for myself and be able to feel financially secure in my life really helped me regain that control. And because my why is so strong and so deeply rooted in my heart, it really drove me to create one income stream and the other and the other. And it just helps me feel, I guess, more grounded and um, more safe. Do you have any help, uh, the help of a VA or do you do everything by yourself? I recently hired a VA, but it wasn't until this year. So for the majority of my, like, what do you call it, income streams, I've done it on my own. Mm, Yeah, I know that, yes, having a strong why is really powerful and Mm. uh, necessary to be able to put those things together. But it definitely has to have also some strategy and time management and things Mm. like that. Can you share some of the tips that, you know, having a why is great, but, you know, the why is not going to do the work for you. How on earth did you manage your time to be able to, you know, because after nine to five, some people just come and crash. They don't have any energy anymore left. Mm-hmm. Um, so how then after your five, <laughs> yeah. you get the time to do other stuff uh, until you build the other stream, actually? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in terms of time, one thing that I do is I schedule appointments with myself. So a lot of people, they schedule appointments with other people, but I set up 
literally appointments with Cherry. So I'm able to block out that time and make sure other people don't take up that time. And during that time, I'll be able to, let's say, film YouTube videos, um, let's say, create content for my Instagram, create course lessons. So these are just some of the things that I do. And I can also schedule time when I work out. So I think it's really important for you to set boundaries. Your nine to five should not take over your entire life. If it's doing that, then maybe you have to think about, is this what you really want? Because I really urge nine to five employees to have an identity outside of work. And if your work is taking like a hundred percent of your life, how can you build an identity outside of that? Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, definitely. Very powerful, actually, to make sure that you schedule time with yourself. That's really, I love that, actually, concept that, you know, you schedule time with yourself and also you block time in your calendar and you make sure that this time is for you and um, not uh, spend on other people's agendas <laughs> and you take control. But that really take like a strong, have you always been that disciplined or you have to just learn that? Mm, I still don't think I'm very disciplined, honestly. I still think I procrastinate a lot. I still think I can do better. Mm. But I would say that the tipping point is definitely since high school. So I went to a boarding school and um, they had really strict rules. Like we had to get up and run every single morning. And then after 11, electricity's out. So we you know, have nothing to do. <laughs> and so I think that experience really taught me to be a lot more discipline and have routine in my life and to um, be more hardworking, hustle harder. <laughs> yeah, so I love that. Yes, because all those things always, you know, even if you think that you are procrastinating, you still have got those kind of discipline and routine built into how you do things that is helping you at least to achieve uh, some of your objectives. So that's, that's really great actually to be able to uh, have that routine and stick to those and uh, being driven that way to complete those actions. Um, so let's come back to your story with money. You say that your parents actually help you actually to um, be frugal with money. Is it something that you usually talk at home about money? Because, you know, some of the people that are interviewed, some of them never ever talk about money in their home. You know, I just wanted to know what was your setting? What uh, did you just talk, uh, you know, money with your parents or how was that at home? How did you get your money blueprint, I'll say? Yeah. So my parents never really were comfortable with talking about money. We never really talked about money, but I was always given the impression that there's not enough, which go back, goes back to the beginning when I said I had a very deeply rooted scarcity mindset because even though my parents might have money, they never, they never let me know that they have money. And I was always feeling like there's not enough. And so that created a like, super cheap and frugal personality that I later had. And so it's to the extent that when I quit my first job out of college, which is at a big four accounting firm as an auditor, I was so depressed, had such low self-esteem. I did not feel like I deserved anything. And I also did not feel like I um, can spend money on myself. So I actually lived in my car for a while because I just had such deeply rooted scarcity mindset. So I actually don't agree with my parents' money philosophy. And I also don't think they um, really taught me how to make great use of money. And um, it's not until, you know, that extreme of living in my car when I start to realize that, hey, it, is this life? Like, is this all there is to life? Am I going to be cheap and frugal to myself forever? 
Or should I find ways to actually better my life, have a better life by creating more wealth and more income streams? Mm. Did you live in the car by choice because you didn't want to pay rent? (laughs) How on earth did you end up living in your car? Yeah. So it was definitely by choice. I just did not feel like I deserved anything. So even though I did have money in the bank and I technically could afford a nice apartment or even like a house, um, rented house at that time, I just did not feel like I deserved anything because like, you know, the one thing that I was chasing after all my life working at a big four accounting firm. So, you know, glamorous, so prestigious, I decided to let that go because I wasn't happy. And I, I just was really sad and angry and had really low self-esteem. And I just decided to, hey, let, let's just live in a car, <laughs> save some money. And then, yeah, I, I didn't feel like I deserved anything at that, at that time. I know how a big deal it is to get in a big four and then actually have to live it, uh, especially with that kind of mindset that you have. But how did you find that courage to actually decide to leave? um you know the big four and say okay that is it i'm just living especially i suppose that you didn't have any job lined up Um, i did i did you did or you did have a a job lined up before you left okay so this is why you were able to leave yeah so um i wanted to leave for a while but then i wasn't really actively seeking for a job the good thing about being in a big for accounting for firm or having that experience is that recruiters love you so recruiters yes, are gonna I know that. Come yes. find you. it's like your passport <laughs> right yeah and so i did have a job lined up and that's actually also another reason why i lived in my car because my job was on the other side of the city and because of LA traffic it would take me two hours each way to commute back and forth from work so I decided to live in my car and just to stay in a parking lot so that I don't have to commute four hours a day so that's also another reason but yeah I did have a job lined up and I also recommend this to anyone who wants to leave their job like at least have some backup plan at least have a plan b before you just quit your job yeah, it depends on some personalities. Some personalities just can't wait. Um, the pain is greater, like me. I didn't have any kind of uh, job lined up, and I always left my job. I didn't find a job before leaving. So it depends on the personality types as well. Um, but I also, I'm fascinated by this living in car. So when you live in a car, So do you rent a parking or how does it work? And then how do you go about going and, you know, showering and things like that? How does it work? Tell us a little bit about uh, a small um, instance of your life living in your car. Okay. So I did not do this like legally in any way, shape or form. So it was just like a parking lot. It's not supposed to be overnight, but of course I parked there overnight. I did not pay like any extra to park there overnight, um, which is very sketchy and illegal. And um, I installed some curtains on my window so I get some kind of privacy, but then the front of my window is still open. And so if people want to, you know, peek inside, they can still see me. And uh, I also closed all the windows because it's actually a myth that you're going to you know, suffocate if you close all the windows. I just found that it's a lot better. So I don't hear the outside noise when I sleep. So I closed all the windows. I put my back seats down. I put my yoga mat on there and my sleeping bag. So that's like my 
mattress and blanket. And um, in terms of showering, we have a 24 hour gym nearby. And so I would just shower at the 24 hour gym. And um, sometimes I would work out, but sometimes I'd be just way too tired. So I just shower. Mm-hmm. And you were not afraid at night that, you know, somebody might come and, uh, you know, do something to you in the car? I was really, really scared. <laughs> so so I did not really have deep sleep. I was really, really scared. I um, really, like, was worried that something bad was going to happen. So I would always, like, you know, pay some close attention to the outside. And for some reason, LA people don't seem to sleep. There's always people outside, no matter how late it is. It could yeah. be, like... 2 a.m. and I still hear noise of people walking and talking and driving. I'm just like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> yeah, so well. And how long in total did you live in your car? Several weeks. Mm, okay. Mm. If you are a purpose-driven entrepreneur, you've got big ideas and great vision. But your business perhaps doesn't reflect that which means that you are putting all this work, your heart and soul into it, but you are not really seeing the return because nobody really knows who you are. You are not visible to those that matter the most. It doesn't have to be that way. If you are tired to live a life with no impact and are looking to position yourself as an authority in your field, attract your ideal client and impact thousands globally, book a complimentary 30-minute mini brand audit session with me today at francinebelli.com slash audit that's f-r-a-n-c-i-n-e-b-e-l-e-y-i.com slash audit this 30 minute call can radically change the way you see your brand and how others see it as well i only have a handful of this free mini session each week so book your complimentary session today at francinebelli.com slash audit would you say that, um, you know, one of the questions that I always ask is, you know, to tell me one of the lowest moments actually that you encountered, especially when trying to figure out this journey um, mm. with uh, financially uh, or money matters, w- what would you say was one of the lowest moments that you have encountered during this journey of financially uh, becoming, mm. a, you know, financially free or financially uh, independent? Um, mm. What, what, that will look like and when was that yeah I would say it's definitely the time when I was living in my car because I had such low self-esteem I did not feel like I deserved anything I lost my entire identity because I associated my before accounting job as my entire identity like he was cherry cherry at the time is just a big four auditor that's just who I was I, I was nothing else so when I quit my job I just felt so lost And I felt so worthless at the time. And so that was definitely like the lowest point of my life. And I also associated a lot of my self-worth to how much I made. And as an auditor, you get to audit people's income. You get to audit people's salaries because you have to check like if, if they're accurate, right? And so I also got to see a lot of people's salaries and that caused me to do a lot of comparison. Like I'm like, oh, wow. Like I thought I was doing a good job, but so many people are getting paid so much more and I felt so bad about myself and I had really, really low self-esteem because before auditors don't have paid that much. And so that's definitely like the lowest point of my life, just the combination of realizing that I'm not making that much. And also the fact that I couldn't stand being in a big four firm and it just lost all my identity 
and decide to live in my car because of my really low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I suppose so. Yeah, so the same things, and uh, you know, looking at other people's, <laughs> um, you know, assets and uh, salaries and all those things. I think that yes, uh, you know, comparison is even going to come. Uh, actually, mm-hmm. even even during this journey of being entrepreneurs, I don't know if uh, this is not something that you also try to compare yourself to, um, you know, in some way. Um, so, and in fact, I just wanted to come back again to, um, you know, uh, some of the process that you use, uh, at least actually that you have used for yourself to scale your um, online business to get to uh, 10K months recently. Can you tell us about, I know that you have a four step process that you take mm-hmm. people, you know, that you use. Tell us about this uh, four, four step process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the four step process to building a successful coaching program is clarify, create, connect, and convert. So clarify is just create, uh, clarifying your niche, your ideal customer avatar, your offer, what transformation you give people, what is your pricing. And so that is clarify. Create is creating content on Instagram, on YouTube, just being able to be creative and even writing. That's also creating. Connect is talking to your clients, talking to your prospects, talking to your audience and being able to have a deep connection with them. So they want to work with you as a coach, because again, like with a coaching business, you are the face of your business. So you want to make sure that you connect with your prospects before the last step, which is converting, which is the selling part. So be being able to convert your followers into clients, being able to have those sales conversations without sounding sleazy, without sounding salesy. So um, that is the 4C framework and the step-by-step process of how I'm able to build my coaching business like from scratch and launch it and hit 10k within 19 days but also one additional thing is that the like the fact that i figured this all out is not just in 19 days it's from my six years of being online that i figured it out because there are a lot of similarities between creating content on different platforms and i also utilize a lot of my social media knowledge on my coaching business, which is how I'm able to scale to 10K. It's really not just 19 days, but also a combination of my six years of experience plus 19 days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, uh, what would you say is uh, the biggest thing from uh, converting, specifically converting? Because we've seen quite a lot of people might have like some following, but uh, unable to engage or convert those following. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the key? How to go about doing that? There are two keys. So first of all, people can't just focus on converting. I think a lot of people, they focus on selling without really warming up their audience, without really like giving people a reason to buy their stuff. Right. So a lot of people, they just like, you know, out of the blue, um, I know this Instagrammer who has 2 million followers and she couldn't even sell 36 t-shirts. And and that's a super low conversion rate. Mm. And um, it's mainly because she hasn't really clarified her offer and Mm. her audience. And she haven't really like figured out what does her audience want. And so it's really important to follow the step-by-step 4C framework. You have to clarify, you have to create, you have to connect before you convert. If you just focus on converting, it's never going to work. Mm-hmm. And um, the second point is that I think it's really important for people to focus on showing up when they're not selling. And this is kind of counterintuitive, but keep in mind that the 
converting is just you know a split second decision but the reason for people to buy from you is how you show up every day even when you're not selling are people getting value out of your things are people really resonating with your message do people like you and these are all things that happen when you're not selling because like honestly usually when people encounter salesmen and when people encounter like selling they get their guards up because they're like hey i don't want to just give right it has to be like i have to feel like it's worth it i have to feel like um i benefit from this and so the the way for people to feel that is how you show up when you're not selling if you show up when you're not selling as someone who gives a lot of value as someone who's really helpful as someone who has their best interest at heart then that is how you'll be able to sell when you're not selling mm -hmm. yeah i get that so yeah so it's good uh, you know clear uh, how we can use that kind of warming up uh, strategy to convert people to become you know from the followers we got to get them to buy from us what about um if you are starting and you have not got a single follower how do you get them you know get people to follow you in the first place mm -hmm. I think it's a myth that you need followers, a lot of followers to generate sales. I think that's a total myth. I've worked with a lot of people who are nine to five employees. So I focus on helping nine to five employees build their coaching businesses. And um, most nine to five employees don't have a following. I think I'm kind of the you know outlier because I have been building this in the background for six years. But a lot of nine to five employees don't have following, but they're still able to monetize their coaching business within like the short um, couple weeks of working with me. One of my clients, Kiana, she was able to sign two clients within just one month of working with me with less than a hundred followers on Instagram. And some of those are also her friends. So um, just like put that into perspective and know that you don't need a following to generate a sale. But what's more important is again, following the 4C framework. Have you clarified what is it that you're selling? Have you clarified what is it that you're helping people with? Have you been creating content that really matches up with um, the service that you're offering? Um, have you been connecting with people, right? And so after you really follow the step-by-step -step process, you will be able to have a much easier time converting even without a large following. Mm, yeah, that's good. I love that, yes, uh, uh, aspect of uh, really, um, you know, it's a brilliant process. I think uh, those foresee and uh, very clear, very simple uh, 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 process to follow to make sure that each time you go back to the loop and uh, check which one is missing if something is not working. <laughs> I love that. Um, so tell us a little bit about the investing journey. So what do you invest in actually? Mm -hmm. There are three things I mainly invest in um, right now. So investing in real estate, investing in the stock market and investing in myself. So I'll break it down, um, just like surface level, break it down. Real estate, I own the home I currently live in. So when I was, you know, saving up and living my car and all that, <laughs> it's worth it because I have purchased my own home. And uh, the investing in the stock market, that is something that I share a lot on my YouTube channel. I'm super transparent about it, like what stocks I buy, um, how much money do I have in my portfolio, how they perform. So I do both growth investing and dividend investing. So um, that, that is uh, what I do with the stock market investing side. And with dividend investing, I invest $200 per week, rain or shine, no matter what happens in the market, because I'm a long-term investor and that is my philosophy. So I don't try to time the market. I don't try to, you know, wait until a better opportunity. I just auto invest no matter what. And that is just my top priority. Like this is something that I do just like paying my bills. 
And investing myself comes in many ways. Um, for example, like investing in a therapist, investing in your health. These are all investing in yourself. Mm-hmm. Also investing in your knowledge, like attending different seminars, different classes, mm-hmm. different online courses, even hiring coaches. I currently also just hired a coach like last week. And so these are all forms of investing in myself. And I think is actually the most important investment because I think that a lot of people, when they think about investment, they're always looking outside. They're like, hey, what, what is this external thing that I can invest in? But you have to keep in mind that you are the one making money. And so if you are the one making money, does it make sense that you're not investing in yourself and you're not bettering your knowledge and you're not trying to improve your skill set so that you can make more? Um, I think it's really counterintuitive that people are only looking outside. Most people are only looking outside when they think about investing, because I think ultimately the most important investment that you can make is one in yourself. I love that. Yes. Uh, I love uh, those, uh, <laughs> you know, how you diversify your investment, including investing in yourself, which is the safest investment because even anything else outside you collapse, at least you have you <laughs> and then yeah. you can restart again uh, right. at any mm-hmm. point with all the compounded knowledge that you have acquired. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, actually, I'm going to even ask you a few lightning questions in the moment and see what, what you're going to do actually in that moment when this such moment, if such a moment happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. I love what is actually the dividend investing actually that you talk about? What, what, what do you, is it like when you invest in businesses or Mm-hmm. So dividend investing is investing in a stock market. It's one form of investing in a stock market, okay. but specifically at picking stocks that pay dividend. Okay. And so there, there's like a whole yeah. criteria when it comes to picking those stocks. Mm-hmm. It's same as stock picking, but um, you w- really want to make sure that you're not just chasing after the dividends mm-hmm. because you also want to be able to evaluate this company based on financial statement. If you're just chasing after a dividend, then what happens usually is that it's a dangerous road to take because if this company is not, you know, long lasting, if this company is going to go bankrupt, then your investments will be gone. Like your money will be gone. So you really have to make sure that yes, dividend investing, you do look at dividend, but that's not the only thing you focus on. Mm-hmm. Especially now during this COVID time, I suppose mm-hmm. that not many companies are sharing dividends, are they? Yeah. Um, so, what have so, you seen? Yes. Mm-hmm. In the market. Yeah, so some companies have also suspended their dividend. So that's why I don't think people should just chase after dividend. But there are some lists that people can look at. Um, for example, Dividend Aristocrat. This is a really good list. People can Google. And um, these companies have been paying dividends for like 30 years in the S&P 500. So it's like relatively safe compared to just any dividend stock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Are you feeling like you are all over the place and lack direction in your life, in your career, or in your business and aren't sure what you should be doing next? You need to take the five day to discover your passion challenge to reset your priorities and reignite your life as I guide you over the five days to discover what truly lights you up so you can start living urgently doing what you truly love. You can access it right now at francinebelly.com slash passion challenge. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash passion challenge. So now, uh, now we're going to go through, uh, before we go that, we get the lightning round. 
um, just want to ask you, how actually do we get to live a rich life right now, regardless of the money that we have? Mm. Be able to let go. <laughs> Very counterintuitive, but I feel like a lot of people, they are so stressed about money because they're unable to let go. And I was there too. When I was living in my car, it wasn't even because of the money in my bank, because I had more money in my bank than most of my peers and coworkers, because I was so frugal. I mean, I had to have more money in my bank, but I wasn't happy. I felt so poor at the time because I did not let go. I, I was trying so hard to hold on to money. And the thing is, whenever you try so hard to hold on to money, it's like holding on to sand. It just slips out of your fingers because you're going to be so blinded by, you know, your whole like, frugal and cheap way of living and you're not able to see the good things in life you're not able to feel happiness you're not able to see opportunities that you can invest in and so no matter how much money you have you wouldn't be happy and the first step to really being able to live a rich life or a life that is fulfilling a life that makes you really happy is being able to let go, let go of the concept that you have to hold on to everything, let go of the concept that you have to hoard, let go of the concept that you have to treat yourself poorly or live frugally or be cheap to people around you because then it'll just drive you into more misery and prevent you from living a truly rich life. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love your wisdom. Only at 24 and you have acquired this wealth of wisdom, wisdom actually. I think that you have a really brilliant, brilliant future in front of you actually. It's really amazing actually to hear your wisdom and what you have, you know, all the learning that you have got and how you have reflected on all those learning and how you are now retransmitting that to others, really sharing generously, you know, all the strategies that you have acquired. Really thank you for that. So now let's go for our lightning rounds of questions uh, where I'm going to ask you a few quick questions and then you give me quick answers. Uh, so when you travel, do you select your flight by the cheapest flight or by the duration? Cheapest flight. <laughs> Still, even if it takes twice to get there, you're going to get the cheapest one. <laughs> Okay, depends in that case. Depends on how many how many days are in like my travel schedule. If let's say it's like a five day trip, then it wouldn't make sense for me to take like two days each way to travel, right? Okay, so it all depends. So normally you'll go by the cheapest, but you know, you'll kind of factoring if it takes too right. long. Okay, yeah. good. Okay, good. Uh, so now, if you had just a laptop and $100 to start making money today, what would you do? Give us three ideas. $100 and a laptop. First thing I would do, um, is this assuming that I don't know anything? Yep. Oh, let's say that you know what you know now. Okay. So assuming I know what I know now, I'll probably use that $100 into hiring a VA. So I'll able to um, finish some tasks without trading my time for money. So I'm able to delegate some tasks to my VA so we can get things done more effectively. And um, that, that would be one thing that I would do with $100. And I would also consider investing in a software um, to host a webinar and be able to sell a masterclass or a webinar or a course. So this is also another thing that I would do. Um, and the third thing that I would do is probably ads. So I'd probably invest that money into ads and be able to run ads and spread my word and 
to just get more eyeballs onto my services in a short period of time so that I'll be able to leverage that and be able to make money based off of it. Mm, yeah, that, I think, yes, the $100 can uh, suffice. So perhaps you give uh, $50 to the VA, I don't know, and you perhaps put, uh, I don't know, $30 in the ad and $20 on the software or whatever for at least a month. <laughs> oh, oh, it's uh, kind of like an or situation. Exactly. <laughs> like VA or a <laughs> webinar or ads. I, I don't think it can stretch that far. Yeah, you, I, I, I think you can. You can still, if you hire a VA for one or two hours, perhaps, um, you know, to start things off. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I love that. I love uh, how you spend your $100. So now uh, tell us, what is financial freedom for you? Financial freedom is being able to have the choice. So the choice of whether or not you want to work, so that's work optional. The choice of where you want to live, that's also like where you live optional. And um, the choice of whether or not you want to get married or not. So I also know like a lot of women, they were forced into being with someone because of financial reasons. And um, that to me is not financial freedom. So financial freedom is just being able to have the choice and being able to have that control. Mm, lovely <laughs> lovely lovely so and then what is your definition of meaningful work and meaningful life which is the podcast uh, title yeah meaningful work and meaningful life to me means i am working on a dream that's bigger than myself so right now my dream is to help more nine to five employees finally feel free from their job they can finally be work optional so in my opinion that is a dream that is bigger than myself and it is something that i would stay up until like 2 a.m 4 a.m and wake up like in two hours just to keep working towards that dream because it gives me so much motivation and passion and inspiration that to me is meaningful work and meaningful life Okay, good. So that's wonderful. So now do you have any last piece of guidance that you would like to share with our listeners to actually really live a meaningful life and do meaningful work? I think the most important lesson that I've learned is that you always want to keep taking action. I think a lot of people, they are kind of stuck in their little box. For example, the box that their job has given them. If their job is just to clock in, clock out nine to five, then they're just stuck in that box and they're trapping themselves into that box and they're not taking any action outside of it. I think listening to a podcast is great, but don't stop there. Like you, you have to actually take action. What, what do you feel compelled to do right now? Do you really want to just be a nine to five employee as your only identity? Or do you want to do something outside of it, right? And if you want to do something outside of it, start taking action. It's going to be really, really uncomfortable, really scary, but um, it is going to be really rewarding. And um, think about if this is the last day of your life, what would you regret less? Like, would you, would you regret like, taking action or would you regret not taking action? So this is definitely like the last takeaway thing that I want your listeners to be able to hear is that um, it's also something that I've been doing myself is to take action. It's scary. It's painful. Growth is always scary and painful, but it's so rewarding, so worth it. And I wouldn't trade it for anything else. 
Yeah, take action. That's I love that myself too. Actually, dream, act, and make an impact. Act is like the big. You know, you can't just start dreaming and not taking action. Or as you say, listening to the podcast, which is the first good thing to do. But then you need to go and apply any kind of tips that you have shared uh, actually today. Um, so that's that's really um, I think um, the most important thing, regardless of the situation that we are living we are now still in the middle of covid but you know even when there are a lot of jobs loss and lots of businesses are going bankrupt there are still tons of things that we can do and mm. um, you know there are a lot of things so just get online get in sonic community check um you know reach out to some people who are doing something that are inspiring you and get you know get take some kind of action i think that is going to really move you forward and i think that you know that is a really brilliant last piece of, of guidance sherry that you've shared with our listeners so now do you have any kind of resources that you would like to share with our listeners yeah, of course. So of course you can follow me on Instagram on there. I post a lot of content about building wealth. Um, you can also see a lot of business tips of how I'm able to build my coaching business more in detail. And of course you can message me. I respond and look at all my messages. So if you have any question about entrepreneurship or maybe you just need a motivation boost or some quick question that you want to be answered, feel free to DM me. And um, I'm always on Instagram every single day. That's probably the fastest way to find me. And if you're interested in stock market investing, I also have a YouTube channel over 600 videos on there. And so you can find a lot of content about stock market investing, about wealth building, about um, some of my old videos, just so you can have a laugh because I mean, I wasn't always good at making videos. I'm still not that good at making videos, but in the past I made a lot of cringeworthy videos. <laughs> so if you just want to laugh, then head over there just for a good laugh. Um, these two are the places that I'm most frequent at. And um, my course is also coming out in September next month. And that's my 25th birthday. So that is Yay. my odd You're going to be officially a big girl. <laughs> <laughs> Hitting the quarter life mark. But um, yeah, that, that's my odd little birthday gift for myself. So if you want to check that out, I think the quickest way to see that is via my Instagram. I'll share a lot of the behind the scenes of my launch, I'm able to make this happen even while working my nine to five. So if that's something that you're interested in, just to see the behind the scenes and see how it all works, check out my IG. That is where I'll share most of the information. Give us your handle. Yeah, it is at cherrytongue.co. So it's cherry, like the fruit, and then tongue, T-U-N-G dot C-O. And that's also my website. Cool. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Jerry, for your time and really sharing your wisdom with our listeners. And uh, I really appreciate your time and, uh, you know, sharing all your, your tips and strategies to build, you know, and help all those employees, uh, you know, getting more income to their uh, nine to five job. Really brilliant. And thank you very much again for coming on this show today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode. The show notes of this episode of the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life are available on my webpage, francinebelly.com slash podcast. That's F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E-B-E-L-E-Y-I.com slash podcast. With all the references shared on this show and other relevant resources as well. If you enjoy this podcast and want to show your love and support, Share it with your friends and colleagues on 
Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, wherever you hang out, because this will encourage me to keep bringing you an awesome show. So, and make sure that you subscribe to the Meaningful Work, Meaningful Life podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the app where you are listening to this podcast. So you don't meet any episode and leave me a five-star review as well, because that will mean that a lot of other people can see this show and it will help me spread this message to many, many more people. So I will see you next week for another episode of the season seven. Until then, dream, act and make an impact. Lots of love.